Hello and welcome to the Declassified Cheat Codes Podcast, your source for the newest news in gaming. We are currently um, live, so if you hear a lot of wind in the background, <laughs> we are live at uh, Geek Street, Nacogdoches, Texas. Geek Street! I'm your host, Josiah. And I'm Hillhouse. And um, we are probably going to be synced up better than ever because we are the, for the first time ever in the same location. Yes. <laughs> This should be a lot of fun today. Uh, looks like we got a lot of cosplayers out here today. Uh, we got different vendors of different kinds. Yeah. Uh, Papa John's, so I'm actually very happy because everybody knows I'm a fat kid. And uh, yeah. yeah, we love all things geeky and all things nerdy. Yes. But Papa John's is a whole nother animal. It connects with all people's shapes and sizes, uh, religions, and uh, <laughs> food allergens. Nationalities and, and food allergens, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, if you come out today to um, Geek Street, um, a lot of us will be having candy for Halloween. I guess we're getting early candy for that. And also, if you have food allergens or you have kiddos with food allergens, there's a, um, what is it called? The Teal Pumpkin? Yes. It's, uh, I think it's Project uh, Teal, Teal Pumpkin is what it's called. Yeah. people that may have some sort of allergies and can't get candy yet. So uh, this event will be participating in that. So if you have... Uh, allergens or kiddos with allergens. Um, yeah. We uh, are just not look out for the teal bumpkins. Yeah, uh, we got a variety of subjects we're going to be talking about today. Uh, one of the big ones we're going to be talking about is the uh, the trouble that Blizzard is having with China and uh, its uh, fans. Oof. A lot of lot of uh, blowback from that. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's really hard to move away from that subject. Do you want to go ahead and talk about that right now? Um, or do you want to wait? I want to wait a little Let's bit wait, because Let's I've wait. got a bunch of notes that I'm waiting on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're just do we'll just do some of my um, short stories to start off, and we'll just get through yeah. uh, some of those quick uh, news bulletins. Absolutely. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen ads for this, but TCL is uh, the official TV of Call of Duty now. TCL. TCL. Really? The uh, the. <laughs> Is it not like the little Roku TV they sell at Walmart? Or yeah, like yeah. That? TCL is like the budget television that's right above like an Element or a uh, <laughs> what's the Amazon version of Element? There's something else. Um, anyway, TCL has been known for producing very cheap televisions um, with decent quality for the price level, but at the end of the day, it is still a cheaper television. Yeah, yeah. Um, they were started in China less than ten years ago, and they have become within like three or four years of starting they became the once again china's on the forefront right <laughs> this is the declassified china podcast today yeah, um, it is. it's not declassified anymore <laughs> after i say that i should just censor every other word <laughs> just a bunch we're gonna, of, be, we're gonna just, be banned from spotify <laughs> just a bunch of bleeps it's like we're talking about political stuff oh my gosh oh man uh because curse anyone who's ever picked up a microphone and said something political. But anyway, um, TCL, um, within like three years of starting, became the best-selling television on Amazon. Yeah. That's kind of their yeah. claim to fame. is because of their price level and the quality for the price level, the 55-inch was like the best-selling TV, like I think two or three years in a row now. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. But it's interesting to see them do a official partnership with uh, Call of Duty. I got snakes coming out my boots. I'm glad I got that on. <laughs> <laughs> did you get that on Yeah, I got yes, that on the podcast. Oh, awesome. <laughs> oh that's no, you're good. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? The TCL... 
TCL is uh, sponsoring Call of Duty, and it's interesting to see a company like that with such a high-level AAA company. I know. Because yeah. you would you would expect something like Samsung or something that's kind of if Call of Duty is the pinnacle of gaming for some people as far as budget and graphics and performance. Yeah. Um, you're kind of surprised to see basically the mediocre of televisions. But that's kind of like a Emerson or a Hisense also. You know, those True. brands. Yeah. Uh, I still put it Hisense over a TCL. But oh, God, anyway. I own a Hisense, dude. I love it. Gosh, we're going to be dropping so many branding deals in this episode. Yeah, so Hisense, uh, you know, you can go ahead and sponsor any classified <laughs> G-codes. That'd be awesome. By the way, I want to thank Burger King for the delicious breakfast that they provided with uh, a fully loaded uh, triple stack uh, croissant which this morning uh, I really the, uh, I want to personally thank the gas station I got my burritos at this morning uh, <laughs> I'm starting to feel those and uh, yeah I want to say thank you uh, I say thanks a lot the, uh, the people that are cleaning our porta potties thank you too <laughs> my condolences thank you my and condolences, condolences yes. to anyone who's doing that um, but you know that was just a quick piece of news about TCL and their partnership with Call of Duty um let me see what else do i got um we talked about red dead 2 um waiting till december to be on steam i'm not sure if we exactly said that but we were talking about how it was releasing on pc yeah yeah at different times per store basically is what happened yes and um so basically what it is is in november it will be on the epic store and the rocket <laughs> the rocket the rockstar launcher yes and yeah. surprisingly stadia which is really surprising really? yes on it's stadia. gonna be on stadia before steam that's insane so it's it's i guess it's kind of just them I, I the thing is we're not released percentages um we don't know what percentage steam gets from selling something like red dead 2 on their store because maybe stadia is giving them a better cut maybe that could be epic's yeah. giving them like probably i would assume the way epic's playing hardball right now i'm assuming epic is probably barely making a profit if not any on selling it through their store yeah because yeah. they're probably trying because i bet rockstar was tempted to just release it through the rockstar launcher for the first month but then epic was like hey you know you can still have 100 percent of the profits maybe yeah because they're getting double the double the audience right, because basically. epic is trying to just be on the tip of everyone's mind so yes and epic is is, is growing very very quickly i mean they uh they got a lot of stuff going for them as far as their new game launcher too they i mean let alone like we were talking about last week the free games that these companies are giving you right just for signing up for their launcher and there's no cost to sign up for the launcher and it's so worth it because you get a chance to play a free game yeah definitely oh, that's Sorry. very cool it's um, very cool really cool i'm sure it's going to look great on pc it's just one of those games that is clocking out and pushing the limits of every console it's been on so well yeah i mean look, think about it too most of it most people are seeing that in 30 frames per second with the limited uh graphic quality that the console has not that a console has bad graphic quality but think about some of the superior pcs that are out there right these gaming pcs you're going to have you know 60 plus frames per second you're going to have this graphics quality that's just absolutely <laughs> amazing yeah definitely yeah um i do want to add that i'm freezing right oh, yeah, now it's this is cold here in this texas is actually today. the coldest day we've had probably all year in texas yeah. randomly in october um 
we may yeah. sound like uh, you know we're uh, like cocaine is a hell of a drug, but <laughs> it's actually because our nose is running. <laughs> <laughs> Next piece of news. Uh, this is a, actually was kind of overlooked, but people would post about it that cared, but then at the same time, hardly anyone cared. Uh, this next story has to do with um, the PS4 losing support for Facebook. Really? You Yeah, you no longer will be able to log on to Facebook, and you will no longer be able to um, stream straight to Facebook from your PS4. And this is one of those things, I mean, to a degree, but honestly, I never had a use for it, and I'm not sure anyone who did use it. And then I had, like, one friend that was like, oh, man, how am I going to post my screenshots? Oh, wow. So, I don't know. I think it was a feature that was underused, and it was one of those things where when the PS4 came out, having Facebook on your television was something that people wanted. Because even at the time, televisions also had app stores where you could download the Facebook app on your television. And that's even kind of gone away. Things like yeah. Roku and Fire Sticks. Getting on Facebook on your TV is so ridiculous. Now, I think it was a novelty for a short period. But now it's just like, why would you want everyone to see your personal feed on something as large as your television? True. Yeah. <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's just like, I think the fad has gone away. So the few people that are upset about it were using it for kind of a very cheap streaming purpose because yeah. if they didn't have an account with mixer or twitch or something they could just show what they were playing on facebook immediately with that share button with all those the ps4 is pushing social features so much when it came out that yeah. being able to share to facebook seemed like a really cool thing but i i think it was underused and for good reason it was just something that was not it ended up not being that practical you know what i mean yeah so absolutely um so it's one of those things that I, I don't think it's going to be missed. And it's one of those things where it's just probably better for everyone because, number one, Facebook won't have to keep updating that app and the PS4 will not have to keep up with making the app usable. <laughs> yeah, true. It just probably was a big waste of time. I, I doubt they could pull out numbers of how many people are actually using it. I'm sure it'd be ridiculously low. But the thing, though, too, is uh, now Xbox just came out with a new streaming service that you can actually stream directly from your uh, Xbox to Twitch and DLive and things like yeah. that now. They're making it more accessible for their gamers to actually stream to these different platforms. Right. They're not just making it about Mixer. And I think that's a huge, huge step for a console to mm -hmm. be doing, especially one that's owned directly by Microsoft, which is directly affiliated with Mixer. So I think it's a good thing that they did. I really do. I think it's neat that they're doing it, and uh, kudos yeah. to them. I think what's so funny is I'm getting distracted because I just saw Winnie the Pooh with Converse, and it was, <laughs> so it was a sight to behold. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> So I think this is going to be probably the most, the least focused podcast we're ever going to have. It's just going to be us randomly yeah. talking and pausing because we lose our trail of thought. So yeah, big um, time. <laughs> I'm trying to get through the news here um, because that's what you came for. That's why you listen. We all know that your only source for gaming news is the, the Classified Cheat Codes podcast. Your only source. <laughs> is that our new... <laughs> Is that our new um, Your only source the for the newest news in yeah. gaming. <laughs> no, that, the, in honor of the Chinese episode, it's it's the only source of news. It is your only source where we put you in prison. 
I should make a special image for this episode where it just has the Chinese flag on it. <laughs> Chinese flag behind us, yes. That'd be great. How y'all doing? Good, how are y'all? Good, good. I've got a like, So your podcast is about video gaming? Uh, gaming, gaming like, news, like new uh, about it? other BS. Yeah, yeah just, just, just kind of random stuff. Nice. Like, hey, can you give me one too? These are very. No, I'm always looking for new podcasts. Oh yeah, no, me too. Awesome. <laughs> so, what's the last video game that you played? Super Paper Mario for the Wii. <laughs> that's really that's that's really good. It's really good. It's very fun. It's you still game. rock the Wii? Uh, yeah, I do that. I play Super Paper Mario. And mm-hmm. I play Lego Star Wars because Lego Star Wars in any platform is great. Oh, yeah. What is it on Wii? It's on Wii. It's on PlayStation. It's on like everything. Right, but what do you play it on Wii? I play it on Wii. Okay, cool. The Wii's got a really big catalog, so that's really cool. Um, yeah. Is that your most played console? Yeah, I have a Wii and I have a PlayStation Two. See, the PlayStation Two has a really big catalog. I'm playing yeah. uh, Final <laughs> Fantasy VIII. Wow. On PlayStation Two. That's awesome. Yeah. So what was the last video game you played? Uh, Pillars of Eternity 2. On what? On uh, just my PC. Cool. Steam. Oh, very cool. He's a, he's the PC guy. I'm the console ah, I love guy. PC. So. PC and Xbox, yeah. PC and <laughs> PlayStation. Uh, okay. Sorry. Well, that's all right. <laughs> Everything will be cross-play by next summer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it won't matter anymore. <laughs> we will gap the divide. And so you're mainly PC? Uh, yeah, usually, but I, I like I like I love playing God of War on PS4, and I have a Switch and a Very DS, cool. so I'll play some, you know. PS4 is really good for its exclusives because mm-hmm. it has a lot of stuff that never gets to PC. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Want to take a break for a bit? One of the things that I have on here is uh, Call of Duty Mobile. Um, that launch happened uh, uh, just a week ago. Yeah, they have had uh, more downloads than any other mobile game in history uh, for that particular uh, Call of Duty game. And uh, uh, according to analytics, um, they beat out every other mobile game that's launched so far. So Call of Duty Mobile is actually doing very, very well. Um, which is crazy because it sounds like a terrible franchise for a phone. <laughs> such a terrible franchise. It's absolute crap. <laughs> no, I mean it for a phone, not just the franchise. Oh, well, I mean in franchise in general. Because <laughs> it's just, it's really not doing that good, you know, if you think about it. But, but I mean, kudos to them, man. They got, uh, let's see, how many millions? Uh, 28 million in its first week. Or wait, no, that was PUBG. And uh, but this is this is actually surpassed that um, Fortnite had 22.5 million. Also, they said that this is worth note. That's without a China launch. <laughs> <laughs> Every story is going to have China mentioned. Exactly. Okay, cool. uh, but they previously had 37 million uh, monthly active users across all of their platforms. So mm-hmm. that bringing it out on mobile has actually raised that up for them. So they're doing a much better job. That's cool. Um, I just think it's really weird that that is doing really well. I mean, I guess modern phones can handle something like that, but to play a shooter without 
a physical controller is so impossible. Yeah, exactly. If you've ever played anything with the the thumb tracking sticks, it's just ridiculously stupid. So it is. the thing is, maybe it's got that many downloads, but I'd like to see what its active player base is. To see yeah, that would be interesting that. to find out. Um, because I can imagine it would have a bunch of uninstalls. Well, I know a lot of people on the team that I'm on, they, um, on RLG, they actually started playing the mobile version and they've been streaming it lately. Yeah. Um, so they're not just playing Blackout anymore and, uh, you know, they're waiting for Modern Warfare to come out, but they're also doing a lot of the, uh, uh, the mobile stuff. So it's kind of cool. I mean, it's doing, uh, it's doing pretty good. I mean, good for them, you know? Yeah, I'll have to check it out sometime. I don't think I have a phone that can play it, though, but whatever. But another thing I wanted to bring up to you, I think this is kind of a funny story, actually. Um, they uh, they were doing a poll on um, on The Verge. Uh, that's a mm -hmm. news site that talks about a lot of other gaming stuff. But uh, they're doing a poll on what is Microsoft going to name their new Xbox console? <laughs> you know? So they have all sorts of different names. I'm going to read you a couple of these out. <laughs> They've got the Xbox Two. <laughs> so stupid. I mean, the one doesn't make any sense either. But the I mean, Xbox Seven Twenty, <laughs> three sixty times two, obviously, or just Xbox, Xbox Pro. But that, of course, would be a complete ripoff of Sony PlayStation, obviously. But it it would be different because it'd be its own thing. It wouldn't just be a version. It'd be of the, the Pro, the Pro Xbox, <laughs> uh, Xbox Plus. What do you think of that? No. Xbox Infinite. Infant? Infinite. Oh, I was going to say infant. <laughs> infant. It's a teeny tiny Xbox. It'd have that adaptive controller they have bundled with it. <laughs> They've got the Xbox Roman numeral 7 remake. <laughs> I don't get it. But yeah, Xbox Next. They've got Xbox Prime. Xbox Free V-Bucks. That has to be a joke. <laughs> That's a joke. Oh, <laughs> um, Xbox Two Turbo HD. Remix. These are all jokes, best here. <laughs> <laughs> Only the first three were like serious. How about um, Xbox HD Two Point Eight Final Chapter Prologue Three Five Eight Dash Two Days? I think next makes sense. Yes, Xbox Next. Next makes sense. Um, two is dumb. Um, Xbox It Plays Halo. That's a great name. <laughs> but does it? They would have to have a new one. <laughs> and Xbox Scarlet. But I think Xbox Next would be a really, uh, that would be a classy name. To a degree, but it also would sound formulaic. It would yeah. sound overused because you yeah. hear that a lot about things that are trying to market to that's the next big thing or it's the thing of the future. That's true. Uh, that's Scarlet true. has a good ring to it, but it would have to be red. Yeah, it would Obviously have Scarlet to be. is or at the least project sort of name, but I mean. But yeah, but see, they, they say not what would be Xbox or Microsoft's Xbox be called, but what should yeah. Microsoft's Project Scarlet be called? That's what they're getting at in the story. So it's, you know, I, I don't know. It's um, I'm going with Kryptonite and just keep it green. Kryptonite? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because it'll kill you. <laughs> it'll kill you if you play it too much. Yeah. I don't know. That's exactly what it'll be. Um... <laughs> That is a ridiculous poll. Obviously, half of those results were just complete jokes. Yeah. But. So, hey, if you guys, uh, you know, if you think of anything else that we haven't thought of or the Verge hasn't thought of as far as a name, shoot us an email or a text on one of our, uh, maybe on our Facebook page. Let us know what you think. 
if you have an inappropriate name that we can send to <laughs> The free V-Bucks one was just the most stupid. But there you go. Free V-Bucks, yeah. That was a, that's a very, uh, that's a dumb one. <laughs> Did you hear about the 24-hour Pokemon no. uh, Sword no. and Shield stream? No. So there was a 24-hour stream where it just showed... There was a 24-hour stream of Pokemon, and it was showing, like, scenes from in the game as if it was, like, a camera planted inside of the game, basically. And the joke is nothing happened, basically, for 24 hours until the very end, a new version of a Ponyta came out. And that was about it. And so it was one of those things where it was more disappointing for someone who would have actually watched it for 24 hours yeah would have like received hardly any information <laughs> you can go look up like a summary of every important thing that happened in the stream like things to look at and it's probably less than two minutes so yeah this is fun so far man i'm having a good time how about you all right oh <laughs> <laughs> um, no i'm just freezing like my ass off right now it's cold in texas all right i'm gonna head out <laughs> <laughs> What did I miss? This is this is what it's about. Uncomfortable silences. Uh, hey, one thing that I am going to bring up is um, Xbox One parental controls. That was a big deal right now that was going on. Um, Especially for me, I can't get them off. The October 2019 update uh, gave you uh, parents more control over how long their kids could actually play the game and everything. Um, they're actually uh, allowing parents to uh, set time limits uh, per the app, so it's actually able to switch over to iOS and Android now. So they have more control. Um, so it's not just the uh, uh, doing it on the Xbox itself. So when they use it on their PC or the app on their uh, phone or whatever, they actually have more control over their how long their kids play until they figure out how to hack it. Do you, do you have the ability to turn it off from Let's that? Let's see. Um, because then it's like the virtual version of going and unplugging it and making the kid rage. It says for a full list of its features. <laughs> you could be like, you could be like away from home and just turn it off. The what? You could just be away from home and then just turn it off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn it! <laughs> and it says, uh, yeah, that they can actually set it per, uh, per the app basis. So basically, you know, you give your kid one hour, they're not able to jump onto their device or phone and get on the app and, you know, stream a game through there. So it, it limits them, period. So it's kind of a good thing, man. I mean, we've needed to see a little bit more of that anyway because, you know... I'm all about out. limitations. Yeah, absolutely. Praise China. Praise China. Uh, <laughs> if, if something can limit anything, I'm all about that. <laughs> yep. That's all I got on that. Back to you. Uh, next point I have. Um, let me see. PS4 is getting remote play uh, with iOS 13 and Android 10. Oh, wow. Um, so this is something you used to be able to do with the PlayStation Vita. Yeah. Uh, you could basically play your games on the PlayStation Vita when you left your console. And it would basically stream from the console to the Vita. Well, since the Vita has been long abandoned... Uh, PlayStation is finally opening its doors to allow it to be streamed to iOS 13 and Android 10. Okay. And uh, the, you'll be able to do remote play from that. So that's them kind of playing catch up on something that um, other companies have already been talking about, like Xbox and uh, 
even uh, Steam. And um, so PlayStation is going to be doing that same technology that they already had with the Vita, but also now on phones. Uh, the only thing that's at a disadvantage is, unlike the Vita, it's not going to have physical buttons. So I would advise getting a uh, controller to sync up, and it's good, as good of time as any to do that because iOS 13 um, and probably Android, I don't know too much about the new Android 10, but I'm assuming it'll already sync up. But iOS 13 finally will allow Bluetooth on PlayStation 4 controllers and Xbox One controllers. Okay. So let's say you want to utilize PS4's new remote play on iOS 13. You have an iPad, you're leaving the room, just connect your uh, DualShock uh, 4 controller to your iPad, yeah. and you're just basically playing streaming from your ps4 okay. on the same wi-fi it's really gonna be pretty simple it's because when we're talking about things like stadia and other streaming services that are way more complex this is something that is gonna be a lot simpler you know okay. because you physically have the hardware in your house nice. so rather than streaming from another um rather than streaming from another server that's actually playing it you'll be streaming from your own console that's playing it on the same Wi-Fi network that you're on. Oh, yeah, that's so, much smoother. It's going to be a lot smoother, so that's yeah. going to be really cool. Right on, right on. That sounds really cool. What was I going to say? I have a point that I have later on, but I'm going to talk about it right now because it's yeah. kind of the same thing. Um, <laughs> since um, you can sync Xbox controllers up to Apple iOS 13 devices now, so MacBooks and iPads and uh, iPhones, the craziest thing in the world has happened. You can buy an Xbox One controller at the Apple Store on Apple.com. What? Yeah, so they sell things that are not Apple things on the Apple Store. Wow. It's not like anything new, but it's crazy to see it as the exclusive professional controller on the Apple Store. Yeah. They have like a Steel Series one that they've advertised a while, and there's, um, I think, maybe a Hori one. But the Xbox controller is like the only professional one that's there. And it's crazy because Microsoft and Apple have been like rivals for so long. It's yeah. just crazy to see a Microsoft product sold on an Apple website. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's a lot different than what I actually thought would have happened. Because of the fact that they are such, uh, well, they used to be very hated competitors against each other. Right. Yeah. What's funny about this, though, is... Um, Let's, let's just think about how they were competitors. Um, at Microsoft was about software, and Apple was about hardware. Yeah, And exactly. Apple made their own software to go with their hardware, but Microsoft was always about the software. They didn't yeah. care about the hardware. So, then Microsoft made the Xbox, which is hardware, <laughs> but they're also a software company, so they made their own software for that hardware. Yeah. So you're following me still? Yeah. <laughs> so then, Apple kept going on with hardware and software and then xbox um decided to start going into game streaming which is server-based game streaming <laughs> which you can use their controllers with yeah which is hardware <laughs> so you're still following me yeah. so now apple has their own game <laughs> streaming shit right here. yeah <laughs> apple has their own game streaming right now which is five dollars a month yeah. called Apple Arcade. So now Apple is into game streaming too. 
So they are essentially kind of like, to a degree, the software side, and they're allowing you use to use hardware for Microsoft. Oh, wow. So if you have Apple Arcade, you can use Microsoft hardware with your Apple software and hardware. It's one of those things that it's kind of now on its head because they started as the hardware and then Microsoft was the software and now it's backwards where they're allowing you to use Microsoft hardware with their software. <laughs> That's crazy. It's really crazy because it's totally backwards from how they started. And um, I don't know how long this will last. Um, Knowing Apple, they'll probably design their own controller, and then we'll see that Xbox controller probably disappear. Yeah. But um, if Apple is really trying to push game streaming, um, they will probably have their own controller. I would think probably before next summer, because right now they're pushing Apple TV with original programming, so they want you to abandon Netflix and Hulu for them, because you know Apple they want to be superior. And or Apple Arcade. Yeah, and Apple Arcade yeah. is trying to make you abandon. XCloud and Stadia before they get big. You, know? and you would think that since Apple is so big on uh, hardware itself, that yeah, that they would be able to create some sort of a superior um, controller. You know? Yeah, Apple would make a ridiculously good controller. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. What's the last game that you played? Apex. Apex. Apex Legends. Is that also your favorite game right now? Right now it is. It's very exciting. What console are you playing on? PC? PC. PC. Because, I mean, we were already talking about Apex, but um, I really need to jump back into it. What's so crazy is I just uninstalled it like three days ago. <laughs> uninstalled Apex? I, had, I didn't play all through Season 2. I played Season 1, and it was so similar to when it launched that I was just like, okay, whatever. Well, that's what I did. I didn't do Season 2, and then I did Season 3 because I was playing Player yeah. Unknown Battleground, and that game has a difficult learning curve compared to Apex. Apex, you can kind of pick up how to right. play and stuff like that just from playing the game compared to PUBG. Right. And so I was trying to find a battle royale that would work for something I think like that. I'm going to take a break from Fortnite next season because I just played too much. I can't and it's too much to keep up with. It, it's yeah, it's too hard. hard. Yeah, it is too hard. It's um, It takes so much time out of my day to keep up with all those challenges that I think I will take a break and do something like Apex, which is like, I don't know. I, I don't see anything in their battle passes that's worth getting one. For Was uh, this Apex? season any good? Uh, this season's Apex battle pass, it's not really... Some things are good, like you get uh, Octane skin that makes them like blue and clear, and that's the very first uh, thing you get. Then there's some uh, dive cosmetics, yeah. so you could like spin around and stuff like that. Uh, there's what else is there the in-game skins are pretty cool uh at the very last level of it mm -hmm. you get uh like a crystallized uh smoking gun uh for the shotgun and it, it looks beautiful cool yeah how much more time does it have in the season uh, 144 days that's a lot of time then maybe yeah. i should download it <laughs> yeah that's why i, I kind of like it too because it's not like fortnite where it's like season 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 144 days yes what is that, four months? Yeah, that's what, but they've already, uh, there's also a new map, so, yeah. and they took, they did something that a lot of the Battleground people didn't do, which is they took the old map and 
don't uh, they don't use it anymore, and yeah. they have just a new map. So I've it makes that. you want to play that map as much as possible because you're afraid it's gonna go away. Yeah, and and yeah. it's kind of nice because it's not gonna be something old. It's always gonna be a difference into it. You're not playing something old, so it's like, oh, we get to play this while it lasts, kind of thing. Limited. Favorite video game. Probably Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. It's a classic. Wow, that's a really good one. Yeah, yeah. a bit of a throwback. Um, I know you play Xbox. Is that your main console? Yes, Xbox One okay. right now. Um, last game you played? Overwatch. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I got to get that Doomfist in. You know what I'm saying? Is there anything going on with the game right now? I haven't logged in in like a week. No. The, the Halloween biggest... event hasn't come out yet? No, not yet. I'm ready okay. for some of those loot boxes. I will play with Halloween drops. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a good amount of time since the last event. Yeah, it has. What was the last one? Anniversary or Lunar? It would have been uh, like Summer Games, and it came early this year. Oh, yeah. Sweet. Now, now that is a story that I'm going to have later. There, did you see that? There was an interview with the guy who's designing the PlayStation 5 with Wired Magazine, and he, quote, said to Wired that it was a weight off of his shoulders that he's revealing that the name of the PlayStation 5 is the PlayStation 5, <laughs> which is a joke because, of course, it's going to be called that. But the question I have for you yes. is, what do you think the next Xbox is going to be called? Ooh. The working title is The Scarlet, but we know how those are not the final names. I don't know, but I know that the uh, one that's going to follow that will be the Xbox V. Oh, for the five? Yeah. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah. So I guess they could do that. They'd probably just call it XV. <laughs> XV. Everybody, would, everybody would call it 15. I would call it Xfinity. <laughs> X Xfinity. <laughs> um, favorite video game right now? Oh. Uh, I literally just started Borderlands 3 because a friend of mine uh, bought it for me it? and sent it to me. I've literally played it like just for like a couple hours, but I mean, it reminds me a lot of Destiny. I've never played any other Borderlands, yeah. so... Uh, it's similar. It. It's similar, I assume. I, I mean, judging by the originals. I appreciate the art style a lot. Uh, I played a little bit of the other ones, but like it was only because on Xbox they had a deal where it was like free. <laughs> yeah, I remember. So I played a little bit of those. And collection. It just kind of didn't happen. But yeah, Borderlands 3 is what I'll go with. And main console you play on? Uh, ooh. See, it's funny because I got that Borderlands on PC, but I normally yeah. like mainly play on Xbox One. Okay, cool. Last question is, we know that the PlayStation 5 is going to be called the PlayStation 5, but the next Xbox, what do you think it's going to be called? Ooh. Guess. Is this, like, do you already have information of, like, what it no, might be? No, uh, the project just... is called Project Scarlet, but we know it's not going to be called that. I'd like to see them go in, like, the iPhone direction, be like 1C, like 1S <laughs> or something. Or no, there already is 1S. It'd be funny if it was called 4, and then people would say, did they skip, but they didn't skip. Yeah. And then if they call it 2, it makes no sense. And I think there was already the joke made about like, you know, Someone 720. Said 720, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. Uh, hard answer, I'll go with two. Why not? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, man. All right, uh, so we're here at the third annual Geek Street in Nacogdoches. Uh, it's the third annual one for you guys, correct? Uh, can you go ahead and uh, introduce yourselves and uh, tell us what you guys do? OK, 
Hey, um, my name is Jennifer Cohane. I run Pink Pitbull Productions. I run events, and uh, I basically what you call an event specialist. I do comic cons, and that's how I met up with. Hi, I'm Corey McCoy. I'm the founder of the Center for Affordable Prosthetics. We're a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to education and outreach. And we go to schools in the area and teach kids how to 3D print prosthetics. Very cool. Very cool. Very cool. So what, what got y'all started in uh, Geek Street? What, what made you want to do this? Well, for me, I was at the time I was running a comic book convention. I used to help and manage and, you know, um, I did a lot of the promotions, the celebrity management, making sure our vendors were taken care of. And uh, at some point, I was introduced to Corey, who was working on what, TJC's paper? Um, I was, yeah, I was selling ads. He time. was selling ads, so we got in contact with him. And um, we got to talking about stuff, and eventually we got to be friends through the Comic Con scene. And he said, Hey, I have this idea. He goes, I'm starting this nonprofit. I want to help people 3D print prosthetics. Uh, it's a market, it's out there. There's no reason it should cost $10,000 to print a prosthetic, yeah. but I want to do something fun. So he created this. One Here, you, you explain your side of the nonprofit part. Right. So. Basically, I saw a need that wasn't being filled, but when you look at every school in the state of Texas, they've got to have current technology options, and almost every school has brought in 3D printers and other kinds of technology. So you can print these at any school in the state for less than $100. All you have to do is teach the kids how, and then they start doing it, and they pass it on to the kids after them. Right. Oh, wow. Very cool. So it's more education-based? Yeah, so we try to keep education based just to keep costs down. Uh, if we were to, uh, what we originally wanted to do was put printers in classrooms, but that was obviously way, way too expensive. Right. So we've decided to focus on just the education side of it. Uh, like right now, we have a school in Tyler called All Saints. It's a private school, and they've built prosthetics for somebody in Ecuador. They've built several for a young lady in Denver. Um, meeting the different kinds of needs she has throughout the day, whether it's at work or whether it's at home. And they've also worked with veterans there to figure out what they need most out of a prosthetic. Oh, very cool. Really cool. So, yeah, because the price of 3D printers will go down in the future. Oh, yeah. But it's already the, gone down in the years that we've been right, working Right, but the opportunity it. to educate is always there and so the really part cool. that got me with him is he came to me he goes this is something that we can make having a prosthetic the cool thing because yeah. these kids can literally have these uh 3d prints done mm -hmm. with like nerf guns on them we can customize them to be a superhero version yeah like they could have an iron man thing with like an arc reactor or something right and i was like that's awesome and he goes and i want to set up cosplayers with these kids to do photo ops and i want to make it something fun so that kid that was self-conscious either from birth having a birth defect or who had a horrible accident we could kind of bring some light into their life and i was sold i was like that's amazing and at mm -hmm. the time i was with the comic book convention that was out of a smaller town about three thousand six thousand was attendance and eventually i separated ways i said hey i've got a bunch of events that i got when i separated why don't we do something for the nonprofit? And so we created Geek Street, um, and we we want to keep we keep our booths fees low. We want it to be fun. We invite everybody to come out in costume. I don't care as long as it's family friendly. I'm, I mean, I don't want anybody coming out with like an inflatable, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, I want it to be clean. We want it to be safe. 
We want it to be fun. We want the kids and the parents to be involved. Because my thing about comic book conventions is it's not just about the kids. It's not just about the comic nerd, you know, lifestyle. It's about families like my husband's a Star Wars nut. And now we've got kids that they're now adults. But when they were growing up, he used that as a bonding thing. Right. So I, I just saw that it was a market. And I said, let's let's just have fun with this. And we'll raise money. We'll raise awareness. And we'll help some kids feel a little special. Good special. Yeah, absolutely. You know? That's a great thing. And uh, just to kind of add to that, we chose Nacogdoches because a few years ago, they attempted to do a smaller Comic-Con here. But they were trying to make money off of it. It obviously, you know, it wasn't successful in that aspect, but we saw that there was a need for these kind of events and that people wanted to do it, and we right. can do it for next to nothing. So what kind of growth have you guys seen over the last three years? Um, the stuff that we've seen, we've seen a bigger variety of vendors. So when we first started, it was a lot of antique vendors, a lot of um, crafters, stuff like that. Nothing wrong with that. Pickles. Yes, we had a Kool-Aid picker pickle man one year. Oh, that's a great one. That was that. It was actually cool, and it, I loved it. And it, it, it's, but this year we now got things like I, I was kind of disappointed. We we had a vendor that was doing CBD oil, and I thought that's a really cool new vendor to have for something like this. And then we have, uh, I brought one of my friends from the Herps Reptile Shows, uh, Tom LeBreton. He used to be a ball python breeder. Well, now he makes. Uh, uh, what do you call it? Carnivorous plants, and he decorates them and everything. And he was like, "Hey, do you think I would do good?" I said, "I bring some lower price points, but come on out here. I think it would be fun and different." And he he came to me halfway through, and he's like, "Dude, I'm I feel bad that I'm have to break down early, but this this is good. I like this. So I, I like the variety. I've and I, this year we also got the Derby team. Uh, they're doing de you know information out there to basically bring something for kids that hey not just football not just you know uh, and so I like the variety of our vendors that's the growth that I've seen and I was surprised when I saw the numbers hitting 3,400 interested for this event it, it was a tiny event where we could barely get 200 people to like the page <laughs> and then all of a sudden I'm looking at we have 3,400 in, interested in your event. And I'm like, oh, God, what if that actually happens? Like, I'm scared. Oh, that'd be amazing. Yeah. And like you said, the cost is really low. Yep. We we, play, we pay the fee to rent the park. We purchase things like uh, entertainment systems or gifts for the kids so the kids can have, like, cosplay uh, activities like pumpkin painting. Just fun things. I think we were talking about doing a pumpkin smashing contest. Uh, be a little bit too messy. But we were worried about the mess. Like, we want to do things that other events aren't doing because we're not worried about making money off of it. Yeah. We're worried about the entertainment aspect. We're worried about bringing out that side that you're not going to, you don't see it at all the events. You know, I want everybody to have fun. Right. And, and it's also fundamentally uh, to bring awareness to the nonprofit yeah, yeah. is the fundamental uh, base of it, correct? I mean, that's, yeah. that's what you really want to do. Right. And, because we operate at such a low cost, um, we usually choose a recipient each year for the event. Um, 2017, we did a big relief drive for Hurricane Harvey. I think last year was a cancer patient we raised money for. This year, yeah, this year, because we're closer to the holidays, we're going to do um, Toys for Tots. Awesome. That's a great one. That's a really yeah. good one, yeah. It's a normal question. It's just, where do you see the future of the event? Like, do you see doing it every year for a while or do you like how do you want it to grow and like what direction do you want it to grow in you answer your side and then I'll answer mine 
I mean, realistically for me, I, I'm happy with the size of the event. If it grows, that's great. But in order to keep it low cost, to keep it free for people, you know, we want to keep it somewhere like this park. Right. That way we're not having to charge fees to get in or pay $1,800 to rent a convention center. Right. Because if it grows too much, then it's just a totally different animal altogether. Right, right. On, on my side of it, I'm I'm happy with us staying here. I would like to see us grow bigger uh-huh. and eventually add a um, add sponsors to the point where we don't need to worry about the cost of a venue, so that we could keep it where we're keeping it. Just make sure that the costs cover. Um, one of the biggest issues with comic book conventions is you have to worry about uh, celebrity costs. And so the fact that we do this event without celebrities is one of the ways we keep our costs down. So yeah. it's completely vendor funded. I mean, we're here. <laughs> you, hey, dude. <laughs> I'm totally sorry. Cool with it. Oh god, yeah. <laughs> totally. I, I love that you guys. You guys are actually a neat addition to it. Like I, I messaged him. I said, "Dude, you won't believe this." He goes, "What?" I said, "They want to do a podcast out of this place." He's like, "Are they aware where we're at?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." Yeah, we're, we're really hoping it wasn't yeah, I've gonna actually rain, been live like, streaming to my uh, yeah to my uh, platforms. Yeah, uh, and I was I told them I said they're they're completely compliant. They understand what everything's you know the 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 limitations. All we gotta do is give them electricity and they'll be fine. And he was like, do it, and it's you know so it's all about getting the new and the different in there and then adding i want this to be something that can be huge i do uh nacogdoches has the chance has the possibility to grow huge events i mean they have a film festival here we have a major university here um there's no reason why we can't see those numbers and the the show that he was talking about that was great but it just they weren't working because of financial was it was a radio station run event which that's great but they wanted to make a a very high amount of money off of the con and i was in on the back end of it because i was running the con i was running and they they told me how much money they were expecting to run off the con i'm like dude you're not going to make that type of money at least for the first five years Okay, we're in year three, and I'm talking about another two years before I'm going to do growth on a larger, you know, on a larger venue or a larger event. And by then, we'll look at sponsors and things like that so that we can keep it free and contained and everything. But I want to see it grow. I do. Yeah. You know. Yeah, and that's one of the things, too. I think getting the word out and, uh, you know, you're actually going to find those sponsors that are going to participate and, and give to the nonprofit, meaning give their time and everything so that it benefits, you know, because it's, yeah. it's, it's, to me, it's an outstanding thing to be, uh, to working towards, especially with the prosthetics, especially for the kids, or, or like you said, you know, certain recipients for that year that it's going to yeah. benefit. It, it's just an amazing thing that you guys are doing. Yeah, it's like you got the 501c3, why not put it towards something? Yeah. Why Absolutely. not? Let's, let's do some good in the world. And that's one of the things that both me and Corey, we're, we're both very big about trying to benefit people. It's not about being the richest person. It's not about being, have the biggest house. It's about how am I, how, what am I going to leave when I'm, when I'm gone? What am I going to leave? How, how did I benefit the world? So. That's kind of how I look towards it too. Especially with what we're doing. It's, it's kind of the same thing. It's all about spreading good vibes and what are we going to leave? You know, what kind of right. a mark are we going to leave out there? Yeah. That's going to be some sort of positivity, especially with gaming and you know uh, creating a non-toxic environment right. for some of these kids 
that are going into these games and they're seeing and hearing some of the stuff that people are doing <laughs> nowadays it's yeah. absolutely ridiculous so you know it's trying to create that atmosphere and, and i think that that you guys have actually yeah. accomplished this here with yeah. the with the diversity and the uh i'm sorry i saw Positivity. chucky over there and it kind of scared me uh, <laughs> chucky is epic like i i saw him loading stuff up yeah. <laughs> like i saw him unloading stuff and i'm like are you Chucky? And he's like, yes. I said, that is awesome. There's such a variety of the people that come there dressed is. up to Did this. Did you see the Mike Myers? Yes, he's with he Chucky. Was, he was standing over he there staring people. at us for like, I thought he was staring at us for like 20 minutes. Oh, I got, I got it on stream. Oh, that's beautiful. It's like, and, and all you can think about is the fact that that's a William Shatner mask. Yeah. It's just a whited out <laughs> William Shatner mask. And it's like, so I can't break that. I'm, I'm a makeup artist by trade. Yeah. So I do a lot of the effects stuff. And, and mm-hmm. I all I can think about when I see Mike Myers is William Shatner staring awkwardly. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what you guys have achieved here in, in just, you know, three years, because I know it is hard to get a bunch of people for an event. I know that it is difficult to do that. But what you have achieved, I think it's a very cool thing what you guys are doing. It's, yeah. it's really neat. So I applaud you on what you're doing. Thank you. Last year was just really, really hot. It, it was literally melting the soap people's soap. That's how hot it was. And so we had a lot of vendors go, please, can we not? Like, So we had it in the spring. And then there was like a monsoon or something coming our direction. We're like, that's not going to work. Oh, a tornado actually hit. Oh, wow. Yeah. So it, 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 was, it was like, okay, well, then what's a date that we can guarantee? It's not going to be boiling. It's not tornado season, <laughs> and and there's not a football game. So um, unfortunately, we do know that there's like a um, a fair or something, but yeah. it, it's that's that's like the only thing we could get. And with both of our schedules, it was kind of hard to be able to be here, help run it, help manage it, and then also the other things that because there's a lot of things that go into oh, yeah. creating a a comic type event. You, you've got to think about what comic cons are in that area because none of none of the comic vendors are going to you know not go to fan expo you know yeah, that's true. Right. so it's it's one of those things we, we've got to have a lot of info i mean i i've ta- i've taken the nonprofit to dallas comic con and it has cost so much money right even with, even with the comp booth it has cost so much money because you're paying for gas you're paying for a hotel room yeah. and then everything on top of that and like for what we do, you're not going to make that money back. You're yeah. just kind of sinking yourself, and then realistically, that comes out of my pocket at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I know uh, we've been talking about it. We want to do more <laughs> events like this, so I know that next year uh, we're definitely going to be a part of this. Uh, I think this is a great thing. If you let us, I've had a yes. lot of fun. Only if you bring the bathwater to sell. Yes, oh, bring the bathwater. Like absolutely. I legit want to see that. <laughs> As a marketed thing on the table, like I can see it like totally, like a little. Well, I'm, gonna go, uh, I'm gonna go Billy Bob Thornton style, and you can have a little bit of my bath water to wear around your yeah, neck. Yeah, see, I wanted to get a little vial to put on a necklace, so it's kind of like holy water. But something. remember, it has to have skin cells. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we can take a bath at any time. Yeah, we I just mean, have to schedule to take a bath within the next yeah, year. Yeah, there you go. Take a bath. <laughs> get, make sure, make sure you shave as you bathe. Like, make sure you 
make sure you do a little bit of shaving. We'll just get a pet egg and oh, we'll yes, just put it over a little cup of water. Completely. And then And then you're good, man. I mean maybe take a leak in it, you know. Just add a little extra. And then we'll have be to get like the this food one. Coloring. This one contains urine. Mark it to R. Kelly. Oh, bowl of water. Gamer boy bowl of water. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The side of the bowl. Yep, yep. There you go. You've got a whole awesome. dude, you have a market there. Just just get it out there. It's gonna start selling like hotcakes and Mike's gonna be like, dude, I can't pee anymore. I'm all out. <laughs> He's like, dude, I can't drink enough. I've already bathed twice today. <laughs> I can't keep bathing, man. His skin's like, all scaly. All over the place. About 2 a.m. every morning, making money. Making money. <laughs> He's like, wow, I've made $400. Then he looks at his water bill. $400? <laughs> Oh, that's funny. So, well, thank you for having us, and thank you for coming out here. We really appreciate you guys. Absolutely. You've been a very a, a good addition, so I like it. So um, We're very happy to be here. So, guys, yeah, absolutely. Next year, 2020, you guys, you got to check out Geek Street Nacogdoches. It's going to be a lot of fun. you got to come. Uh, we've actually had a lot of friends come in that have followed us on our podcast and on streams. And, awesome. uh, They've had a good time here, too, today. So, yeah, thank you very much for having awesome. us. Awesome. We, we love it. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. I was going to talk about Stadia and the whole sense of the latency. Okay. Um, you know, we've talked about how Stadia is going to have basically... The question is, how is it going to make that latency as small as possible? Well, uh, Google has come out and said that they're going to be using negative latency. Now, a lot of other games and services already use things like this. Um, if you don't what know is what, uh, negative latency, exactly? Negative latency is when it does predictions on what you're going to do. Oh, okay. So, basically, it's doing commands before you do them. Ah. So, if it knows when you reload and stuff, it'll reload before you do it. So, it does, like... It's like predictive speech, kind of. That's kind of weird in gaming. It is kind of weird. But it's something that they're going to use to combat latency so that it feels more... Smooth. Smooth. Um, it's kind of uh, questionable in competitive, <laughs> though. So you get ready to reload, and instead it's going to do it for you and go, knew you were going to do that. Right. You're going to jump, knew you were going to do that. Right. <laughs> so basically, it studies how you play a game, and oh, it wow. helps you not notice that it, there's latency basically okay or okay. let's say you try to abuse it and yeah. you decided to never reload since it reloads for you very quickly probably within one time of you missing it it probably would not reload for you okay okay so it's one of those things where it would correct itself very quickly if you were not just playing like normal it's ah. something you would not notice unless you were like trying to test it basically so it's just something that they came out with to talk about how they're going to combat latency, but we'll see how that actually works. It's something that has been like secretively put into games, but yeah. it's not something that has been publicly advertised very much. So we'll see how that works with Stadia. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be a benefit or if it's going to cause any kind of issues for you know, gaming or whatnot, especially competitive, like you said. I mean, I wouldn't want something predictive <laughs> playing my game for me if I'm in some sort of a comp match or something. Yeah, but I doubt Stadia's ever going to be competitive. 
Well, I, I'm just saying because a lot of times when you see something like this happen, you see a lot of these other gaming companies adopt that kind of uh, uh, that kind of uh, structure or what right. you know, that kind of a program. And that would be a shame to see something like that happen with you know something like a, a competitive. Let's say you're playing comp in Overwatch, right? You know, and it's like okay, well, you know, we figured you were going to jump, so we jumped for you, but you didn't jump. I mean, it wouldn't do it the next time, of course. Oh, okay. what, it's, what it's trying to do is it's trying to predict that jump before you press the button. Like I milliseconds. Got I got you. And those milliseconds can make it feel like there's no delay. I got you. It, I got you. It is really questionable because the question is what if you... Here's the thing. With, with negative latency, which does basically predictive commands, yeah. it would probably be the most noticeable if you played for hours upon hours on a game and then handed the controller to someone that's never played yeah it'd probably immediately have to readjust to how that person's playing and how they are unfamiliar with everything okay. including even camera movement and stuff okay. like that okay so that's interesting man it's gonna be interesting to see where that goes and <laughs> i really don't know this is one that you could look up it's called enchanted portals have you seen the the previous to this no, it's a Kickstarter called Enchanted Portals, and it literally looks like a Cuphead off-brand. If you look at it, it has very similar animation, um, really similar um, side-scrolling style. It's just not quite as good as Cuphead. <laughs> so it looks like an off-brand Cuphead. And the question is, is there any way that they can even like sue them for basically ripping them off? And the real thing is they probably can't because it's just an old 1920s cartoon style. You can't copyright a, <laughs> a style of animation from years ago because they were already copying Disney. So what, is Cuphead going after these guys? Or? No, no, no one's really gone after them. It's just one of those things where if you go and look at it, uh -huh. you'll immediately think, wow, this is Cuphead. But you'll also immediately think, this is also an off-brand. Let's talk a little bit about the PlayStation 5. Yeah. I feel like I did earlier, but let's get this out of the way. Um, so first of all, I talked earlier about the PlayStation 5 in Wired magazine, where, where Mike Cerny said that <laughs> he, it was a great burden off of his shoulders to basically get rid of, to release the fact that the PlayStation 5 is going to be the official name of the PlayStation 5. Yeah, yeah that's the official name, yes. So that's just a complete joke. Shocker. <laughs> PlayStation 5 is going to be called the PlayStation 5. Shocker. Okay, so we know it's coming out holiday 2020. This is all... Okay, so basically what I'm telling you right now is the info that we got about the PlayStation 5 from that Wired Magazine interview. There's a lot of new information, but also not anything that was really that surprising. So, for example, uh, it's going to come out holiday 2020. We kind of already assumed that. There's a lot of rumors about that. Um, the other thing is it's going to be able to play 4K Blu-rays, finally, since the Xbox One X and One S have already been able to play those. So this will be the first PlayStation console to be able to play 4K Blu-rays. And on top of that, these discs that they're going to put the games on are going to be 100 gigabytes. The standard disc for the PS5 is 100 gigabyte 4K Blu-rays. So we're thinking about really big games. Yeah. You know. Um, it's not going to play things in 8K. It has 8K upscaling built in. That's nice. Okay. So that's not as scary as we thought. Um, it means that the hardware is not pushing that far forward, so we probably won't be paying for 
much of the 8K technology. It'll just be an upscaling thing for if you could afford a 8K television. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, the other thing we know is that it's going to have a solid-state drive, which will give it a faster user interface. Okay. Um, also, faster loading time on games. And um, something that I hadn't heard mentioned before is that it's also going to give it less um, file storage. So basically, what it does right now is it has a bunch of copies of files so that it can load things quicker. But with solid state, you don't have to copy the files. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically, so it's kind of ironic. It, the games can actually be smaller, but at the same time, they're probably going to get immensely larger with the 4K and 8K support. So you probably won't even notice the difference. <laughs> so that's going to yeah. be that. Um, exactly. Also, also, The Last of Us 2, let's talk about its timing. This is really interesting because since they already are on public record that the PS5 is coming out holiday 2020. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting that the biggest game that has been looking forward to since the PS4 came out is Last of Us 2. It's the thing that everybody's wanted. Yeah, exactly. And it's I've coming heard a lot out, of people talking about that. Yeah, it's coming out eight months or maybe seven months before the PS5 comes out. Oh, wow. So I was talking about how it was going to be at the end of its life, but it really is. <laughs> it's going to be pushing the limits of the PlayStation 4 because it has to be built for the PlayStation 5. Yeah. You don't release a game six, seven months before the PlayStation 5 without already knowing how it's going to perform on that. Yeah, it's going to be optimized for that particular one that's coming out later on. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So You'll be able to play it on PlayStation 4, but like you said, it's going to be pushing the PlayStation 4 to its limits. Right. Yeah. So... Previously, I had disagreed with Nintendo when they released Breath of the Wild by the Zelda game yeah. on the, the Wii U when they could have just released it on the Switch. They did both to increase sales, but I think if it would have been exclusive to the Switch, it would have boosted Switch sales. The Wii U sold so little that it made no sense for them to release it on there. I understand they were trying to make an extra few dollars. Yeah. But at the same time, if they would have made it exclusive to the Switch, it would have boosted sales immensely. However, unlike the Wii U, the PlayStation 4 has sold a lot. So PlayStation is obviously seeing that they already have all these PlayStations in people's houses. Yeah. So they are really making sure that this game comes out before the next gen comes out because they have to cash it on the sales. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things where um, I'm hoping they're not rushing the game. Yeah, I don't want time. to rush the game either. Yeah, that would suck. Especially for something that iconic of a game. You know what right. I mean? But at the same time, I'm just wondering, like, like, what do they expect from it? Because at the same time, you know that they already have a remaster for the PlayStation 5 lined up. Yeah. So the thing is, it's, it's interesting timing, and the timing is purely to cash in on people that already have PlayStation 4s. You're absolutely right. So You're absolutely right. It, 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 you know, I mean, come on, you know, it's capitalism at its best. You know, they're going to they're going to be making money off the game. But then of course, people are going to be buying that PlayStation 5 and they're going to be getting the full the full experience from the game that's optimized for that new PlayStation. Right, definitely. And it's just one of those things where it's like of course they would do that, but unlike Breath of the Wild, this is actually going to work. It's going to basically be like two releases of the game. It's going to sell a ton on the PS4, and then when the PlayStation 5 comes out, you know it's going to be a remaster launch title. Yeah. So yeah. it's going to be probably the best-selling game of 
2020. Just unless a Nintendo game beats it. There's a, that's the only thing that could beat it, really. Um, is a Nintendo game. Because yeah. Last of Us 2 is just huge. It's just going to be ridiculously big. And the thing is, it's got such a... It's got such a good padding of months. It's coming out spring. So it's going to have a good long time to sell before the yeah. PlayStation 5 comes out. But at the yeah. same time, it's within a year. So it just feels really odd. But um, we'll see how all that times out. Um, it's just surprising that they kind of came out of... They came out and officially announced when the PlayStation 5 was coming out right after announcing The Last of Us 2 came out. And it could be argued that they only told us about the PlayStation 5's details because they were laying off all those workers. Ah, yeah. A lot of people think it's a cover, so maybe maybe they weren't even ready to announce when the PlayStation 5 was coming out. Maybe they just got their hand forced, basically. So, um... Because that's kind of weird to say, hey, look forward to the spring. Our biggest game is coming out. But then two weeks later say, by the way, that console that you buy that for is going to be irrelevant. <laughs> that's true. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. It's, so it's almost like they're you're, they're forcing you to buy the, the PlayStation right. 5 in order to play the game that you already have. So I think Last of Us comes out in March. Yeah. Or May. One of the two. And if they would have waited till like a month after Last of Us 2 came out. Yeah. Um, Last of Us 2 will probably sell a lot more. Yes, there's a lot of people that want to play it immediately. But I know there's a good healthy amount of players that are going to not want to buy it twice. Yeah. And they'll be like, you know what? I'll wait for the Christmas season because yeah. it'll it probably be sense. on sale when the PlayStation 5 comes out. And you never know. They may end up having a bundle. You know, that's what a lot of them do. Probably. It probably will have a bundle. Yeah. Because PlayStation... Whenever you launch a system, you like to bundle it with an exclusive. With an exclusive in order to get people to buy the console because they want to play that exclusive. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Uh, the thing is, Last of Us 2 will not be an exclusive to PlayStation 5 because it would be on the 4. Yeah. So they probably will be other exclusives by that time, like launch titles for the 5. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, it, it's a system seller. Yeah, you know? exactly. But, Exactly. We'll see how all that unfolds. Um, did, you, did you have any other news? Because I have like one more story. It's a pretty big. Um, story. The only thing that I've got is a little bit uh, talking about Dota Two again um, with some of the updates that they were doing. You know, and they banned a whole bunch of players, and there was decades with some of the updates. They've been having some uh, match. Is it because they said things about China? What's up? Is it because they talked about China? No, no, there was no involvement of China in this story at all. <laughs> but. Uh, they, uh, <laughs> they've been having problems with their uh, matchmaking rating changes and uh, they were rolled out in um, uh, September, but they've been having some issues with it. So they're working on some new updates and whatnot. But one of the things that they did is when they, um, when they were getting rid of the extreme toxic players and whatnot, um, they've, they've implemented a couple of other things uh, with some post-game surveys that players are able to take and they can actually talk about, I guess, report some of the people that they played with and so forth. So um, they're they're actually starting to get some of the people that are on the cusp of the of the toxicity part. So, uh, uh, but from what I understand, um, Dota Two is they're still working on making sure that they get a a, a toxic free environment for the gamers. But yep. the thing that they're working on now is is the um, 
the rolling out some updates for the matchmaking system because they are having some uh, instability, some stability issues with it. So, uh, you know, don't give up on them. They're they're really trying to make it a, a good environment, a good game for people. So, and I, I think it's a good thing to be honest with you. Um, I think what they're doing is uh, spearheading the issues that are out there as far as toxicity in the gaming community, which you're always going to have that. But you have some extreme people out there that are just, you know crazy unnecessary you know the way they talk to people so yeah uh, yeah so have no fear you know the matchmaking is going to be fixed guys and uh, if you are a, a serious dota 2 fan so stick with it and uh you know don't be toxic spread good vibes and uh yeah wait for the new update cool Sounds yeah it's good. just a little snippet that's all that was okay well uh let me just tell you my last story then. sure my yeah. last story is about the Atari VCS, of course. Atari VCS. <laughs> so last time we talked about the Atari VCS, we were talking about how the console architect, Wyatt, um, who had worked on the PlayStation 3, yeah. already had a new Indiegogo for a electronic uh, game board. Yeah. And yeah. everyone was asking, was he no longer on the Atari VCS or not? And um, they basically came out and said, uh, no, Wyatt said, as of October 4th, um, that he is no longer working with Atari. So the, they were kind of beating around the bush at Atari, but Wyatt uh, officially came out on the 4th and said he's no longer working with Atari. Okay. And he decided to add that he and his team that work for the architect of the console that raised millions of dollars on Kickstarter. Yeah. He and his team had not been paid in six months. What? <laughs> yes. He said that Atari stopped paying them and that the reason that there's been no updates from the Atari VCS is that they're not doing anything because he's not going to do anything if he's not being paid. Rather than not continuing, rather than continuing to not be paid, he started working on another project and is working on the electronic game board now. He never was officially off of the Atari VCS. He just was not going to sit around and not get paid. So when understandable, when stories started circulating about him leaving, that's when he decided to step out. Yeah. When the story came out about him working on two different projects, people started asking, um, basically where was he actually working? Because yeah. they were not seeing any, uh, results from the Atari VCS and they wanted to know if any progress had been made. So I guess when that started coming out, he was just like, I guess I'm done working for Atari if it's getting this much negative attention and they're not going to pay me. So uh, Atari spoke with Medium. It's a website of other gaming news and nerdy stuff. Um, yeah. I'm going to give you a quote from it. Uh, they released this info. It said, this is what the Atari VCS team released. It says, this is probably a good time to remind our Indiegogo backers of the participat uh, participatory nature of their support. As we have stated before, the Atari VCS hardware that early backers receive will be 100% finished, but the software on these first units will be early access, exclusively available to our community. Atari will be counting on our many thousands of backers to help improve and enhance the VCS experience with all the great feedback and ideas we know they will provide in advance of our retail launch in spring 2020. Ah. 
Our goal, as always, has been to make sure that we ship our official products with the help of our biggest fans. Of course, we will provide many more details about the Atari VCS software directly to backers as we get closer to shipping. In the meantime, we hope you have enjoyed this latest, quote, behind-the-scenes tour, which is really campy of them saying that. We have more partnerships in the works and more new updates and announcements planned and very much look forward to sharing more with you soon. So, what happened was Wyatt was working on the VCS. He finished a lot of work on the motherboard for it. Yeah. And he was going to debug it and actually work through all of the problems with it, but he stopped getting paid. So, when he stopped getting paid, he didn't debug it. So, Atari, rather than paying him, or rather than hiring someone else to finish it, is now going to use their early access backers as guinea pigs. They're going to ship out the VCSs with oh, wow. unfinished software to basically have them give feedback on what's wrong with it. So that as a team, the it's a early, great business model. I mean, yeah, I guess it's kind of like <laughs> YouTube's uh, thing that failed where they wanted everyone to police themselves. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> so basically they want you to, no <laughs> they're basically hoping that some of the fans of the Atari VCS are smarter than them. Oh and will like God. just out of pure uh, suggestion <laughs> help them finish a product that they got millions of dollars for wow so yeah that's that so it sounds if you don't know the story this message that they released sounds very uh forward thinking i have to say it's very well written from the yeah. negative attention they have oh yeah Somebody even saying PR definitely did a good job. yes even saying things like behind the scenes tour and stuff would basically wow. they're asking you to do their work that's basically it yeah so interesting if oh. you bought into that have fun debugging it i guess yeah uh maybe there'll be some perks for the people that are um you know uh that are their uh like your money back their founders or whatever <laughs> get your money back that'll be one of the perks <laughs> the, the you get your is, money what back what kind of perks would they be <laughs> there be for a company that apparently ran out of money <laughs> i don't know oh man nuts i mean that's nuts. all the thing is they were probably pretty close to finishing it yeah and they just stopped paying their their architects which to me as as somebody who was an early access person or who you know maybe like you know in a kickstarter kind of sense if i had you know like put in for this early access and already put my money towards it for me it yeah. would be a little troubling knowing that they were unable to pay the guy who was gonna debug it for them Yes. <laughs> so that would like set off alarms for me. You know what I'm saying? I, I would be like, you know what? I want out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't read. I don't even have it in front of me. But there was also a message from Atari before Wyatt came out and said his side of the story. There was a message from Atari. Oh, wait, wait, wait. No, Wyatt said that he wasn't getting paid. And then people asked Atari if it was true. And Atari, rather than saying it was true or not, said, um, at Atari, we have like a... Uh, code of conduct where we don't speak of business practices of wow. internals and she's just like that's can so that's a yes <laughs> yeah that's a yes that's, that's a, a yes, yeah we didn't bounced. pay him <laughs> i don't know they could have just said like yes unfortunately unfortunately we didn't see the results we were hoping for from wyatt at the time yeah and we in the process of looking for a replacement uh, we stopped paying him to keep backers' money in the right place. Wow. They could have said something like that, but they didn't. They instead said, we don't talk about it. It's incredible, um, man. 
but yeah, uh, that's the last piece of news I have. That's all I got too, man. Cool. It's going to be a lot of crazy editing for this. Yeah. Uh, lot yeah. We've had a good time though, man. I, I, this has been a lot of fun. You know, this is, this is, uh, like I said, guys, this is our uh, first live event and uh, I've been kind of streaming some of it live and we've been doing a little bit of the podcast here and there. So it's been a lot of fun, man. I've actually had a really good time. We've met some very interesting people and uh, we've had a lot of friends come by and, and say hi and uh, yeah. Yeah, I think the fun. coolest thing about this is a lot of people see it as we're actually taking this seriously. I think a lot of people think that we as podcasters literally just put two mics in front of us. Or no, they probably think we just turn on our laptops, press record on an audio recorder, yeah, and then talk about a news feed from like... Um, PC magazine. From like IGN or something. Yeah, IGN. And then yeah. just talk for a couple <laughs> hours and then hope it catches off but we actually we put, do a little bit of research we, we actually a bit of work, we actually yeah. spend some time on this stuff and we try to we you know yes we, we we're going to research other stories and we're going to research other people's articles and stuff but we try to put our own spin on it at the same time and our own opinion in it yes yeah, the thing is that we do a lot of editing yeah, behind the scenes too and well you do that. a lot of editing yeah and the thing <laughs> and the thing is i think what's cool about this is it gives a lot more credibility than what we're doing i agree I agree. Yeah. Um, but I've had a great time. She's just smiling back there. I've had a great time. I'm just laughing. I, She's I like, think this yeah, has okay, been a lot of sure. fun. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? She's just smiling like, oh, yeah, okay, sure. <laughs> Credible. <laughs> she doesn't understand, man. She doesn't understand the struggle. <laughs> she doesn't understand the struggle of looking up weekly news. Yeah, of having to read stuff and then talk about <laughs> it. It's very difficult. It's very hard. <laughs> I guess we'll wrap it up then. Yeah, I guess we're gonna wrap it up. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm. That's what he said. We've had. <laughs> I probably should have wrapped it up, but um. <laughs> anyway, guys, it, it, yeah, it's been fun, man. It's been a good time. I've had, I've had fun, and uh, I hope that we get to do this again next year. Um, we're probably gonna be doing more uh, live feeds. Uh, Josiah and I, uh, Caterpie and I, and. I am looking into getting an IRL pack uh, so that we can do live streams uh, when we're out and about um, doing that kind of stuff. So uh, everybody who's watched, hey guys, I want to say thank you for today. Um, we, I really appreciate it. I know uh, Caterpie does too. Um, yeah. And Never. everybody who stopped by today, uh, people who donated, uh, people, who, new followers, thank you so much, guys. I have not been able to see the chat. I've been going into Discord and seeing that um, uh, people have been responding. And uh, yeah, I want to give another shout out to uh, RLG and the community there who uh, all you guys who have stopped by. Uh, Hatchet, especially you, man. Thanks for dropping that Ninja Genie, brother. And uh, also to Wraith Energy, man. Uh, go out and get yourself some Wraith. Uh, there is a link down in my Discord or in my uh, uh, DLive. Uh, check it out and uh, go, go get yourself some energy drinks, man. Grab yourself a shaker. Uh, yeah. You're going to be very happy with what you got. And check out Declassified Cheat Codes podcast on Spotify or iTunes or uh, what else are we on? We're going to be on Stitcher pretty quick. Yeah, we're going to be on Stitcher pretty quick. Uh, we just found out about that platform today, and we're excited about that. Yeah, I think it's a growing community. So, guys, thank you. Thank you to everybody who's been listening and coming by. A lot of fun. Yeah. And remember, um, <laughs> I'm trying to think of a tagline. Remember, uh, it's better to play with a group than with yourself. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, always be a rager, just yep. not at video games. Always be a rager. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the raging in the bed. Yeah. 
absolutely. But hey, check out Declassified Chico's podcast, and uh, thanks for coming by the stream. Check out RLG Community on Discord, <laughs> and uh, drink Wraith. Drink Wraith. Rage on. Rage on. <laughs> Have a great game and spread some good vibes, guys. We'll see you later. But Billy called me one. Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Why? I'll just have to edit it. It's not a big deal. Why? Yeah, it's not like I gotta do it. <laughs>